Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and we just ended uh, quite a run here with uh, with the Bachelorette. And, you know, last week, obviously, I had uh, Nick and, and Steven on to talk about uh, the Bachelorette and how it was going to shape up and who Becca was going to pick. And now we know. And so I had to bring on again. Uh, I, I'd say actually that this guy, you know, I have to say this guy, you know, you, you give me the Eagles. Uh, it's Steven Ruiz. Hi, Steven. What's going on? So, so did you watch the episode? How did you pick up on that line? I didn't. So what I did was last night, or I think it was early this morning, I looked at sort of a summary of it. And I read that Garrett told Becca that, yeah, you don't give me just butterflies. You give me like eagles. <laughs> I yeah, just, I I, just I laughed. I bursted out laughing when I saw this, and I kind of knew it was coming because I was behind on my DVR, and I, people were tweeting about it. So I knew the line was coming, and it still just just broke me. Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, like, I, yeah. Well, here's here's my question, just at the offset, because you and Nick wrote up these these great little descriptions of. Garrett and Blake and told uh, the, the rest of the FTW staff to vote on just based on those uh, descriptions alone for Becca to pick somebody. And like, I would say what, seven eighths of us, I think Michelle, I got to give her credit. She picked Garrett. Like what's the deal here? Yeah, I think it, and it came down to what I wrote about Blake, that he was just a little too, you know, creepy, a little too inside his own head. He, was worried the whole season, even though he's one of the front runners. And Becca said at the end that that's kind of what swayed her and pushed her towards Garrett, who is not a smart person. I'm just <laughs> going to put it like that. You put it nicely as evidenced by his line about not getting butterflies, getting eagles, which makes no sense. And Becca's Becca's uncle actually referred to him as a poet at one point in the episode, which just made <laughs> that line even more hilarious than it already was. Oh yeah, social media was all over that, and, and this morning I did a little roundup because I thought like, well, there's there's the best sports phrase ever, and the Philadelphia Eagles should take advantage of it. But yeah, like everyone on Twitter was like, this guy is so dumb. So why'd you pick him? Because I think he did the best job of pretending like he was the person that Becca wanted. I don't think that's how he acts in real life. As we've seen his. Instagram controversy where he liked a bunch of homophobic, racist, transphobic, xenophobic Instagram posts or memes. And Becca's apparently a, a staunch liberal, so I don't know how those two are going to reconcile <laughs> that. But I, I think that's that's what he did better than Blake. I think he hid his warts better than Blake. That's kind of interesting. You play. I mean, it is a game in its own right, right? You're you're sort of navigating through all these. How many was it? Twenty eight guys, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. And I think that just kind of happens when you're dating someone, when you're getting to know someone. You you kind of try to make your present the best version of yourself. And I don't think the best version of Garrett is the version that goes on Instagram and sees something making fun of immigrants and liking it yeah oh great well this will be interesting and i think that that didn't she and, and him come out uh, and and make a statement that like they're you know they, that was a tough time for them they're getting through it like i i guess that's the only thing you can say when you're in a situation like that where you're in a relationship and suddenly this bad stuff comes to light and you, i guess also they have to keep it up for appearances who goodness knows if she was like nope see ya you know because 
Uh, who knows if the show, and this is the conspiracy theorist in me going, well, maybe they told them they got to stay together for a little while so that the press is drummed up. But, uh, you know, uh, that we don't know that for a fact. Yeah, I would think it would be the other way. I think they'd want that drama after what happened last season oh, yeah. where they got so much attention when Becca got basically dumped on national television. I think her dumping Garrett and doing so for more noble reasons and then maybe even getting back with Blake would have been made for much better TV. Oh, that's a good point. Well, how do you feel now? Are you going to watch the the Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and all that stuff? Like, do you? I asked you this a little bit on on the last podcast, but now that it's all over, are you now like a fan for life where you're going to start really watching the show? I don't think so. I've seen people on Twitter say that they they say, "Oh, I'm never watching the show again," and then the next season starts and they're right back in. I don't know if I'm ready to get back into. A similar show. I don't know. What, I don't even know the format of Bachelor in Paradise, but I'm just. I don't know. I just feel relieved that the season's over. I'm not ready to jump back in just yet. Maybe I'll catch up on it later. Stephen, to be fair, has written. I would say what like 1,500 words per episode for the last. I don't know, 10, 15 uh, weeks. Closer to yeah, closer to 2,000 words, oh and then God. I probably have like 5,000 words of notes. So yeah, I'm pushing probably like I don't know, 50, 60,000 words total. Over the last do, couple months. That's a lot of words to be written about a reality show. But this is a reality show that everyone loves. What are you going to do with that notes column? That's actually kind of fun. Are you going to do like outtakes or like, you know, uh, you know, parting thoughts? I thought about doing outtakes, but most of the stuff I left on the cutting room floor is, is I probably left it out so I wouldn't get fired. <laughs> like I left a lot. Like I got pretty mean in my post. I got really mean, actually. I referred to Blake as a serial killer at one point in the last recap. <laughs> and so uh, just that will give you a little idea of what I left out. Fair enough. So it's cutting room floor material, not outtakes. Totally fair. Uh, what uh, are you uh, – now uh, we, we should we should tell the audience that we know this. Uh, they know this maybe from, from listening. You and I are both challenge fans. So have you, have you now moved on and sort of you're in the full-time mindset? The same way that like – it's like baseball season and then the NFL comes and like baseball goes out the window a little bit and we become NFL fans. Like, are you now a challenge guy reality show wise where, where we're now? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, I mean, I kind of been paying attention, but yeah, I'm ready to jump in. It's like when football ends and then you get into March or NCAA basketball. That's exactly how I am. That's a perfect analogy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, if, if those listening, if you don't watch the challenge, final reckoning, you should watch the challenge, Final Reckoning, because the challenge is, uh, and I've agreed with it, this sentiment over the years, is one of the best sports in in, in America right now. You know, uh, the NBA is amazing. We know there's controversy in the NFL. We'll still, you know, watch some of it with, you know, I don't know what feeling about it. Baseball is baseball, and the challenge. The challenge is beautiful. What they've done this year is they've sort of done a three, in the last couple of years, they've done three, uh, a trilogy of, of challenges in which, uh, they're all sort of semi-connected where if you, you know, kind of, I don't know, wrong somebody in the first one and kind of, uh, got into it with, uh, uh, somebody on the second one, you're paired with that person, the person that is your, your direct rival or the person you hate the most and you have to win and they win a million dollars and they have all kinds of twists and, and turns this season, probably the most they've ever had where they have, uh, if you get sent home, you don't actually get sent home. You get to uh, a redemption house where you can come back on the show um, the voting process is, is kind of crazy to get somebody into a uh, into the ring for an elimination challenge. It's wild. What, like, what's your take so far on this season? Yeah, I like I like the setup. I like you know how they're voting. The one thing I don't like is 
not a lot happens in these episodes. It used to be where you pack in the competition, the voting, and the final the elimination in one episode. Now we're getting that. It takes like three weeks just to get someone eliminated. That's yeah. my one gripe with it. I totally understand that, and I want to jump in on that because I've actually thought about writing like a list of like the reasons why the challenge is in its prime now. And one of the reasons is because they don't end episodes with in, in that sort of um, cookie cutter way, right? It used to be you'd get okay, uh, you know, reflection on last challenge to start the episode, then start of new challenge, find out the winners, everyone votes, final elimination, and most like ninety percent of the time they would end it with who was eliminated, end of episode. And now they run in this free-flowing manner where sometimes it ends with a challenge and elimination. Sometimes it ends with a cliffhanger where we don't know who got eliminated. Sometimes it ends. And I, I kind of like that. Like, I like the, the creativity. Uh, but what I don't love is that they've introduced all these new characters from different shows, like from Big Brother and from um, Are You the One, which we already kind of have dealt with in the last years. But, like, they've really opened it up. And then I find myself, like contradicting myself on that and saying like, well, actually now these people are part of the challenge family and I could, I could watch them. Like what's your, what's your feeling on that? Yeah. I, I think it's actually a good thing to open up the talent pool, I guess is the best thing to call it. Yeah. The more yeah. people you have to choose from, the more likely, likely you are to get a good character. And I actually watch big brother. So I know these people, I know Polly and I, I'm not surprised by what's happening right <laughs> now. He's a lunatic on that show and he's actually ramped it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what tell tell our listeners what exactly happened in the last episode? We're we're uh, talking about this on a Tuesday morning. We're awaiting sort of the cliffhanger from the last episode. What, what will happen? Yeah. So Polly went to the the what do they call it? The Redemption House, and at the Redemption House we have Brittany and Chuck, who are apparently rivals, and that always makes me laugh that these adult adults have enemies in their lives. They're just like normal people, and they have en- enemies. It's like a movie. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, and there's kind of, like, some tension between them where they're arguing, but people in the Redemption House think that they have feelings for each other still, and it kind of seems that way. So Polly thought of this brilliant strategy to take advantage of that by telling the, the when he got back into the house, he was going to tell them that those two were, you know, I don't know, getting romantically involved, and Brad is in the house right now, and he's Brittany's boyfriend right now. So that kind of messed with his mind, and that's how where we left off with Polly telling Brad, "Hey, your girlfriend is kissing some other guy in the Redemption yeah. House." Kissing is the nice word for it. Yes, no, it was Brittany. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Brittany and her boy, her ex boyfriend Chuck from uh, Are You the One? Are her ex boyfriend are paired together as our canoodling. Show. Yes, canoodling. There's the word, right? Um, and uh, you know, Brittany kind of said it on the air a little bit, like, "Ah, oh, you know, I I I, I love the guy." Uh, you know, obviously. Brad is, is her boyfriend. So you can tell, I mean, again, you, you never know with these shows with editing, but you can tell that she kind of still has feelings. Um, but to mess with Brad that way, you got to hand it to Polly. It's actually kind of brilliant because we know that Brad and his partner, who is, uh, it's not Joss, it's, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my brain. Kyle. It's, it's Kyle. That's right. Kyle, um, who were vendettas and now are the strongest team because they're just so darn athletic. Um, and suddenly now Brad's in his own head. At least it seems like that will be the case when we see the next episode because, you know, he just got told that his girlfriend, who, he, you know, he, he, he shacked up with in the last uh, challenge, is uh, potentially cheating on him. And the, what will that do to his game going forward? And uh, I got to, you know, it's just so, so crazy because Brad used to be married to a former 
real world road rules challenge uh, person. And now he's like, you know, he got back on the show and hooked up with Brittany and what's going to happen there. Like all this drama, it's amazing. Uh, from a sports point of view, I guess, uh, what do you think? Like who's the favorite team? Is it Brad and Kyle? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bananas and uh, Tony. Tony. I think that's yeah. I think that's definitely – I don't know because Tony's he's so self-destructive. It's like he comes in with a, a, a thing every season like, oh, I got a loving girlfriend. And then he ends up like cheating on her. Or, oh, I'm recovering from uh, – <laughs> alcohol addiction and then he just like falls off the wagon so you never know what's going to happen with tony I, I think this might be the year he stays on the straight and narrow and you know and johnny has the experience where he can carry them to a win yeah tony's like a, one of those athletes who's like had some like off the field trouble and then like he's like got really in shape and figured it out because like when tony walked on screen the big the big twist i guess at the beginning of the season was everybody found their partner for this challenge except for bananas and they're like Who's going to be Banana's partner? Is it going to be uh, Sarah, who he he told was you know there was they they won a challenge together and he actually was the option had the option to keep all the money and not let Sarah have any of it so it could have been Sarah which would have been amazing but Tony walks on the set and my wife and I we've been watching the challenge for God knows how long like twenty years um, we were just like oh Tony got huge like his shoulders huge and we actually that's what I was going to say big yeah. he's massive he's and that's huge. that's. That's one of the things Challenge does well that other sports can, you know, kind of follow their lead. They kind of, uh, I'm not going to say they embrace the PEDs, but they, it's kind of like, uh, let's just not talk about it. <laughs> I don't know if I can follow it up, but uh, he got big. He is, he's like, and this is the thing about Tony, is Tony's always been a big dude and kind of athletic, but he's been bad at the challenges. And I remember years ago, I got to, to interview Johnny Bananas, who's obviously the greatest of all time, the GOAT of the challenge. And he talked about- Disagree. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, oh, you disagree. That's right. We, we've been over this, and we'll get into that in a second. Johnny Bananas um, told me that he trains in a very specific way for the challenge. He does a lot of like hanging, dangling, because you have to do a lot of like holding your own weight and you know running long distances. You can't be necessarily a football player like his cousin is, uh, and and necessarily survive because it's it's an endurance thing. It's not a quick burst athleticism kind of, of thing. Um, who is your goat? Who is your greatest all time? Is it CT? I forgot. Who's your who's your guy? Oh, yeah, it's definitely CT. And poor CT has Veronica, who's just, uh, you know, so far, you know, uh, uh, he's not very happy about that. And I think this is where he can, like, cement his legacy as, as the goat, is if he carries Veronica to even <laughs> the final, I think, is just, uh, just a testament to his ability. Well, yeah, CT, when I, I got to speak to him before the year and he, or before the season began, and he said, you know, this, this has been a very frustrating challenge for me, and you'll see why. And I was like, well, does it, you know, and he kept saying the rules change a lot, but I think he was implying maybe something about his partner. And, and you know, Veronica, we've seen for years, and then she sort of left and came back. Like, she's not, I remember her being more dominant than she's been so far. Uh, I don't, I don't really remember her being, ever being a great competitor. I think she was just in controversy all the time, which mm. makes maybe like colors your memory. But what my prediction for the season, how, how it will turn out is that they're going to split up the teams eventually. Ooh, yeah. That, because yeah, you have ridiculous. these, you have these unbalanced teams where you have like bananas and Tony. And then there are teams with like, maybe like two weaker girls on a team, two weaker guys. Like it's just weird that they usually have the genders like sp split up and they don't this season. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. There are, and I'm, I'm looking on, I, I will absolutely say for the for the purposes of this, I'm looking on Wikipedia. So I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven male-female teams. There are, or were, 
you know, obviously there was the, the, the uh, it was a, yeah, who got in a fight in the, the first, like, five minutes? Was that, was that Cam and Kaylee? Is that who it was? Anyway, you said there one, two, three, four, five, six all-female teams and one, two, three all-male teams. And, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And there has to be that twist because it seems like everything on this season is, like, the challenge on PEDs. <laughs> the... The, you know, the idea that, like, they have, like, a redemption house and they have, like, these rules about voting where if you vote for somebody anonymously, it's going to get called out during, you're going to get called out during the, the elimination, right? That happened in one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, one of the other twists, yes, yeah, split up the teams and maybe they'll be individuals. So, it's the challenge with all the, the bells and whistles, I guess, it feels like so far. Yeah, I'm just hoping that happens just so we could see these people compete on their own. And yeah. I think it makes sense with how much money they're giving out. They can give a female 500000 give a male 500000 I think that just makes the most sense from a competitive standpoint. But I think during the eliminations, they, they I don't know if you got the same sense, but during the uh, Pauly and uh, Cam elimination where they went up against each other, where they were kind of on these resistance bands, and it seemed like Cam was just able to walk yeah. Towards her partner, whereas Polly had so much trouble. So maybe they, you know, evened it up by giving the man the stronger band. I don't know. That's a good Seems question. Me. Yeah, yeah, and and Cam also, um, Cam, but Cam we also know is great in elimination. She she oh, won yeah. a bunch last season, like four of them, right? She's beastly. But I, there's no way she weighs more than Polly. That's that's yeah. No, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it makes you wonder. Uh, I should. Note to self: Ask that of the of the producers at the end of this season if I get a chance to. Uh, who's your who? Like right now, the the team that you got winning. We already talked about that. Is is there a dark horse team that you're kind of like uh, that they've got a shot? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Not really. Make Brad and Kyle be, are the only ones where I could see challenging Bananas and Tony at this point, unless CT just goes just goes beast mode and just dominates the rest. <laughs> rest of it but veronica is such an anchor i don't think that's gonna happen yeah I, I, there there isn't anybody else I, i'm kind of curious if your theory of like if they split up the teams or they do individuals at some point like if, if that works out uh but we will write some stuff about the challenge and, and 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 check it out um any other reality shows that you're into that you're checking out this year are you are you you just sticking with the the good sport and the and the bachelorette i told i said earlier i watched big brother that's actually on right now and it's been a good season maybe we'll see some of these people on the challenge in the future there's a couple of guys and and women that could be on the show the oh you're you're like advanced scouting for the challenge That's, <laughs> yeah. i love that yeah. you know it's just like football uh anyway uh steven you're you're still the steven ruiz on twitter right i am great I well am. you can follow all of his nfl stuff that's coming up soon and also reality show stuff and all kinds of stuff from steven uh steven and i'm, I'm re- doing uh, I'm doing hard hard knocks recaps. Oh, hard knocks recaps! Yes, of course. That's starting tomorrow. Speaking of reality shows, um, and I think we're both going to be. We can talk about that in a second. Stay tuned for that. Uh, very exciting stuff from the 016 uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, Stephen, thanks so much for joining us and talking reality TV. Yeah, anytime. <laughs>